Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. And we're back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner on a Monday morning. Kevin Bowen, Chris Presley across the way. Uh, 0-2 for the fifth time in eight years. And we're talking about a quarterback injury um, as we record this around, again, noon on Monday, nothing official on Carson Wentz. Um, certainly did not look great, and uh, we'll get into that. Uh, what I liked, what I didn't like from the Week 2 matchup, 27-24, uh, Colts covered. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, one-on-one on the air, right, in terms, yeah. of, uh, in terms of Vegas, if we're looking for positives there. But obviously behind the eight ball, um, which has kind of been – norm for this franchise over the past decade or so so uh, chris how's your weekend man it was good um it was my mother's birthday yesterday so took her to the game uh like we were talking before the podcast she's a penn state alum so nice to watch the nittany lions get a big win on uh, what's his name clifford he looked pretty good on saturday um and i'll segue that saturday was your birthday so congrats to you happy birthday Thank you. Yeah, um, they all just kind of run together at this point. I'm wearing my Doritos <laughs> shirt. This is what I got for my birthday. This kind of sums love up it. where you're at when you turn 32. But I love this <laughs> shirt, and I love Doritos, and they're not a sponsor, but I wish they were. Um, so, and, yeah, it was nice. Played a little golf and pretty relaxing. Watched a lot of football. Glad my Irish uh, pulled it out there. So yeah. yeah, so what's the situation on your birthday? Did does does Maddie take road like do you get to watch by yourself or Oh, Maddie's extremely supportive. Um no, I mean, I like a good family atmosphere watching it every everybody together. Went over to my uh, brother-in-law's house, watched Ooh. a little bit of IU and Notre Dame at the same time, kind of mm-hmm. dual dual TV action there. Um so yeah, I mean, I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. I, I did, I think I told you last week I did make her cry because I was yelling at the refs, so I was better behaved <laughs> this week. Um luckily she napped through about the first half as well. That probably helped some things too but uh yeah it was fun and uh then sunday happened yes i was gonna say so we both had good saturdays and then sunday yeah uh let's start with the wentz injury i guess before we go anywhere you know it's kind of crazy to sit here through two games chris and there's been one player for the colts that has gotten hurt in a game left the game and didn't return and it happens to be you know the highest paid player on your team and and certainly one of the most important if not the most important player on your team uh, 11th hit of the day on Carson Wentz was Aaron Donald about seven minutes ago in the fourth quarter. We all saw it just twisted. And, and you know, for a guy like Donald who has had issues early this season and kind of getting guys to the ground, he's had a lot of near misses. Boy, he didn't miss there. I mean, that was a wrestling takedown by Aaron Donald to get Carson Wentz to the ground there. Um, the Fox broadcast did not do it justice at all in, in showing – um, immediate shots of Carson Wentz coming to the sideline. I'm sure you were you watching it in the stadium, but obviously had a good view up in the press box. I mean, he throws his helmet right away. Um, that's when you know mm-hmm. his day's over. I mean, you know, this is a guy that I haven't seen show really one ounce of pain in getting up from his first 20 hits of the year. And that 21st hit, I think, told the full story yeah. and just how severe of pain he was in. Yeah, I made the analogy this morning when he dropped back on the sideline and took some three-step, five-step drops. You know, he looked like a, uh, you know, a, a Butler student uh, going to Broadripple at about 2 a.m., you know, trying to take some, <laughs> you know, 
uh, drop back, see a little green 18 shouting out on Broad <laughs> Ripple Avenue or something. It's just – you could just tell. He, he used the word or the phrase no stability after the game on that right ankle, and I think that's, you know – Definitely think about it. You plant back on that right ankle, hit that whatever, three-step, five-step, all of that there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it got rolled up pretty bad. He doesn't think that it's broken. You know, are we talking high ankle sprain? You know, is that multiple weeks? We had Jeff Saturday on the morning show today, and he was talking about, I'd rather break my ankle than have a high ankle sprain. I was going to say, yeah. You know, and that, I think, should resonate with a lot of people. We certainly remember the Super Bowl, Dwight Franey trying to play through a similar injury back in the day. And then you get into the whole, okay, you know, where is he at percentage-wise? And what is 90% behind this offensive line right now? You know, that's another question that you have to have because, frankly, he's been Houdini-like so far through the season. Um, and, Chris, I just I, – I come away from watching Carson Wentz these first two weeks a bit in awe at his toughness and just his ability to continue to get up, um, stand in there, take shots, make plays – um, certainly there's a lot of debate on, you know, does he need to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker? And I'm sure we have some Twitter questions on that, so we'll kind of hold off. But, um, yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate because he's been playing pretty good football for you. Um, I thought the shovel pass interception was n- not good. I know Aaron Donald kind of knocked Doyle off, off the route there, but that's still somewhere where Wentz has got to look and make sure that somebody is there, somebody eligible is there, not just Quentin Nelson is there before you flip that ball into heavy traffic. Um, but besides that, I mean, hell, the the play to Pittman on the third and fourteen that sets up your first score, and um, just moving the football, extending plays, the throw to Pascal for the touchdown is such a big league throw on that third down, um, really, really giving you chances. And I think you've been really impressed by how he's played. So I think that's where it's unfortunate. It's it's that uh, you know of ten reasons why you're zero and two right now. Carson Wentz isn't on that list. Yeah. And just what does his injury do to him? How long does he miss? Obviously, you know, stunting his own growth in this offense. I mean, hell, he needs practice time to try and, you know, whatever, get into more of a rhythm and try to get the ball out somewhat quicker at times and um, just learn with his offensive line, learn with his skill group as well. I mean, those things are all of critical importance right now. So, um, yeah, we'll get the final word here shortly, but, uh, you know, it could be Jacob Eason for – a very very critical September stretch, or I should say road stretch, more than right. a, more than a September stretch. Yeah, and as Kevin just mentioned, and I know a lot of you guys already know this, if you're listening to the podcast via streaming or on YouTube, go to 1075thefan.com because that Jeff Saturday podcast is already up. You can listen to his uh, his interview with him earlier about that situation. It was one of those things, Kevin. My mom not going to take anything away from her, but you know, you take your mom to a game. She's a typical, you know, mother. She's like that guy. Just needs to keep running. Like he's the only one that's doing anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> or yeah. he'll, or that's a Mrs. West. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about the overall? Overall, the game. Obviously, the injury is a big thing for Carson Wentz. Let's go into a little bit of overall. Yeah, you know, I just feel like you had golden opportunities early in that game to play from ahead, and that's something we really talked about on the fan morning show leading into Sunday. Is I thought the Colts would have a chance. You know, I. I I think my score, I'd have to double-check, but I'm pretty sure I predicted 27-24 Rams, and I I thought the Colts would have a breakdown on their O-line late. Frankly, I didn't think it'd be Aaron Donald ending Carson Wentz's game and and, you know potentially sending them to the sideline for a few games, but I thought the Colts would respond well, and they did. 
Um, for stretches of that game, you can make a strong argument they were the better team for you know maybe even longer stretches. But um, if you're gonna tell me before the game, obviously you get two goal to go situations, you get zero points. I would say okay, yeah, that's that's a loss and it's probably a significant loss um, against that team, perhaps more than any other in the league. You can't have that. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay's Rams are now 39 and 0 with with halftime leads, and you let that D line, particularly number 99 get into passing situations, and they're going to wreck you. And they did that. Um, and now the margin for error is slim. You know, it's 0-2. Um, now it's three straight on the road. The hope is how Wentz is played, but now it's will, when will he play again? Like, now that's that's the question that you're facing. Like, is Jacob Eason about to start, you know, whatever, two games on the road, one game on the road, three games? Like, who knows? So, um like, I'm not, like, full DEFCON, like, tank, 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 tank. Like, I, I, I'm i not by any means there. You know, I thought two and three out of the first five would be, um, would be honestly, to be expected. But, excuse me, two and, yeah, two and three out of the first five. Um, but the concern is just the margin for error shrunk. And not every team responds from one and four. You know, I know a lot of people are like, well, back in 2018, the Colts started one and five and then made the playoffs. Well, your O-line didn't miss a single game for the final 10 games of the year in that season. Uh, you had Andrew Luck, and your run game was very supportive, and the schedule wasn't as daunting as the schedule is this year. Um, so I just don't think it's easy as saying, oh, yeah, you've you've done it before, you're going to do it again. I mean, there's a reason why the NA- NFL you know, puts out these stats of how difficult it is to come back from holes, that no league is has more parity than this. So any team, I don't care what the schedule looks like, you win three of four, four of six, six of eight in the NFL, that is a Incredible achievement. Um, so that's where the worry is of just like, oh boy, you lose on Sunday. You know now you're two games behind the Titans. Now you've lost that early head-to-head tiebreaker. It just is shrinking the margin for error. And now your quarterback is banged up as well. So um, you know squandered opportunity. Certainly, I know you've played two really good teams, um, but still, it's just something that. You're behind the eight ball, and you've been behind the eight ball before and come back and made the playoffs. You know what? You started 0-2, and and, uh, I think was it 14 you made the playoffs there. Hell, you got the AFC title game. But um, that's just not a given at all, and the AFC South is the gift. But, you know, things like the Titans coming back and beating the the Seahawks. Oh, my gosh, that was huge. Massive, Massive, yeah. I mean, I'm sitting there on my couch watching that game, and I'm like, for a week two game, this has some major implications. Yeah. Like – Huge. Um, and, boy, it's just so early to be cheering for those games like it's week 15 or week 16, but that's kind of where you feel like that you're at right now. Yeah, that's what I was telling my roommate yesterday. I said, man, if the Seahawks pull this out, the Texans are number one in the, <laughs> in, in the AFC South. I'll take that. Yeah, but, but there you are. Tennessee it, makes some huge plays late. and King Henry does King Henry right. stuff, and we'll and see him next week. Now Sunday's going to be – I mean, it already was massive. It's massive times 10. Everyone knows that listens to the podcast, what you like, what you didn't like. We always start with what you didn't like on a loss. Let's start with red zone issues. Yeah, and one thing to mention right out of the gate is I don't think this is something that's been a chronic Frank Reich issue. You, know, you go back and you look at the red zone of years past. Uh, they were middle of the pack his first year, but then they were top 10 each of the last two years. So it's not act like Frank Reich's play calling in the red zone sucks. Like, well, no, that's just a stupid blanket statement that really has little merit. Um 
Did Frank Reich put his offense in the best situation to succeed, particularly on that first drive on Sunday? Uh, no, definitely not. Um, so you get down there. Taylor has a great run on a third and one. You get down there to first and goal to one. You go, if I'm not mistaken, I think Wentz was under center, all four of those plays. On second and goal, you had no wideouts on the field. Third and goal, I think you had one wideout. And fourth and goal, you kept the same personnel, so you just had one wideout again. It seemed like you just said, come on, Rams, load the box. You know, come on. like You're not even going to try to spread them out. Not even going to go shotgun. I continue to come back to it. And we saw it later in the game, a third and two, Taylor and Hines on the field together, and you threw just a quick hitter to uh, Pascal and Doyle. Doyle made the catch. Pascal kind of set that mini pick. And it's kind of been a bread-and-butter play for the Colts that moved the chains. Like, just the threat of those two in the backfield next to Carson Wentz would do wonder. Like, you stick in the belly of Taylor, Rams converge at the at the middle, or then all of a sudden, Wentz and Hines are running a little option, and maybe Doyle's, you know, flaring out in the, in the flat if that doesn't work. And boom, I just think that's a golden opportunity to utilize – Two major weapons, and don't get me started on Hines' usage yesterday. Yeah, two snap or two touches, and two. that's what you've been asking for. Two. You've you've brought it up numerous times. You want to see both those guys on the field. I, I want you know you, the, the old saying of players not plays in the red zone. I agree, but like, you know, where's Pittman? Where's Allie Cox? Where's Strawn? You know, Hines is a one-on-one guy. I mean, you have some options, and I just don't think you utilize them very well. Again, I'm I like Frank's creativity more often than not, and I don't feel like. We saw that on that particular drive. Having said that, I will uh, plagiarize Quint Nelson and use the exact quote he used. It's unacceptable for that offensive line not to get one yard. Mm -hmm. Unbleeping acceptable. It is no offensive line in the NFL has as much resources invested into it as the Indianapolis Colts. And for you, and unable to get one yard in that situation, again, after you had kind of blown them off the ball, really, for that first drive, uh, that's unacceptable. And Quentin Nelson was spot on with that statement. So I feel like we get so caught up in this, must blame Reich or must blame players. And more often than not, I think it's blaming Reich. I just think we're all kind of, um, you know, whatever, wired to blame coaches more than players. Folks, we can lay blame in both people's feet here. Like the offensive line, you got to get one effing yard. Frank Reich, did you do yourself and your offense favors in keeping that box, uh, maybe trying to lessen the crowd in that box? He did not do his unit um, a whole lot of favors there. So, um, you know, whether it's, you know, some window dressing, some RPOs, like I said, Hines, Strawn, Pittman, you know, Allie Cox, whoever you want to talk about. It just seemed like they got real, real predictable. I don't have any issue with going for the touchdown there. I think you got to know, you know, the Rams are probably going to put up a good amount of points. I know a lot of people are like, the Colts are squandering constant opportunities. It's like, I mean, today's NFL, especially when you're playing those types of teams, you're probably going to have to score a good amount. Um, so I don't have an issue there. The second um, goal-to-go situation we got stuff. you had first and goal to 10. Like, first and goal to 10 is not – just a no-brainer walk-in touchdown. So I, I do think we need to acknowledge that as well. You have the great play to, to uh, Pittman to, to start off. I think it was a seven-yard reception to him on a little curl. Taylor gets stuffed, and then that's when you threw the uh, the shovel pass. By the way, I don't know if I've ever seen a shovel pass picked off. I mean, I was in the other end zone. I was section 124, so I'm watching it from behind, and I'm like, that ball just got picked off. Yeah. What, I, like what? And then you watch the replay, 
and you're like, who who is he? You could obviously see Doyle towards the end there coming into the screen. Yeah. But I'm like, who the hell was he shoveling it to? At yeah. First? And, you know, if you watch the replay, I thought he maybe could have dumped it to Hines, you know, the other part of the shovel, the non-shovel, I guess, in that situation there. Um, but to get back to the whole out-coaching thing, you listen to Rams players talk after the game, they're like, oh, yeah, uh, our scout team ran that play. against Really? This- this past week, like we knew full well it was coming, and you watch Donald and you watch um, oh fifty one Reader, I think's his name, who makes the pick. Usually, everyone forgets about the shovel. Mm-hmm. Everyone forgets about that Doyle part. They almost like knew that part more than they knew the Heinz, like going in the flat part. Right. Of it. So it was that was read one for them. Yeah, it, it really was. And again, I mean, their players were at him after the game, like, oh, yeah, that was a play we knew in the goal line. It's not like the Colts have run that a ton. I mean, they definitely have run it, but not a ton. And that does go back to a little bit of you cannot sit here right now and tell me that. And, and I can say this and still be like, Frank Reich does not need to be fired. But Frank Reich has been out coached by Sean McVay and Pete Carroll. And those are two really good football coaches. And those two teams, I think we expect to be there, you know, pretty late in the season. Yep. Um, but, you know, when you have a coach like Frank and he's not going to GM it, he's not going to manage the whole operation, he's hired for part, large part for his offensive mind, when that offensive mi- mind does not give you an advantage, your team's going to suffer. And right now, Frank Reich has cost the Colts. Um, again, I don't think it's like – devastating to the point where, oh, my gosh, he must be fired tomorrow. No, 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 no. But as we've talked about, the seat needs to be warm, and these guys need to be held accountable and continue to be held accountable throughout this season. We'll see how it unfolds. It's early. Uh, But right now, particularly in those goal line situations, uh, very disappointed. Because, man, you know me, game flow, game flow, game flow, game flow. You play from ahead, could be totally, totally different. And, yes, the Rams gave you a break in the second half to get you back in it. But if you're able to punch, let's say you get 10 points out of those two goal lines. Whatever, seven. It's just different. It's just different. feels different. Maybe Wentz doesn't get hit 11 times. All those things. But you know, Kevin, some people are going to come back in state. Well, what if you would have taken the three early? Yeah, and again, I just felt like you're on the one-yard line at that point. Um, to me, it, it had a bit of a win, like, we are have. You, are yeah. you going to stop the Rams? I, I am not this person that ever will sit here and be like, you always go for it. And you always kick the field goal. Like each situation has its own life, and I really try to focus in on that week in and week out, depending on that spot. Um, you know, the hurry up into fourth down. I don't know. I didn't let. Boy, I mean, the Rams sniffed that out. I mean, they weren't even thinking really QB sneak. They just sniffed that out, knowing that they were going to pass there. So. Um, what I do in the press box is I usually write down, or I do write down, my thought right then and there. And I got to stick to that thought. Mm-hmm. So, like, because, I mean, that's what Frank's doing. Frank, you know, Frank has, you know, very little time to really process that. Sure, on third down, it starts to creep into Smart. his head. Smart, But I sat there and thought, go. Go. You know, I think this is a go. Um, if you can't punch it in with that O-line, you got some issues. Let's stay there right. with the O-line. Right Any, now, the Colts got some issues. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Any, you know, Fisher or anything? Yeah, I just think it's it's across the board right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Fisher, obviously, I'm not going to, you know, he he was fine. You know, there were a couple of mistakes, but, I mean, hell, the guy's coming back from Achilles. I'm not going to rip him by any means. Or You need better from Ryan Kelly. 
you really need better from Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly and Darius Leonard right now, two guys that I, you know, I'm sure they're hurt. You know, they're dealing with some stuff, but you just need better from them. Uh, Julian Davenport looked like Julian Davenport. I, I don't understand the lack of. I, I just feel like they didn't really double team Donald as much as I thought they would. Uh, nor did I think they helped out Davenport as much as they should in that game. Um, and how about the run aspect to it? You know. Pick a pick a player, Taylor, Hines, Mack. It doesn't matter. They're all under four yards per carry right now. Like you're built to run it, and you're built to exceed in the trenches. And right now, you're not doing either of that. So, um, what gives Colts fans, I think, hope moving forward is you don't feel. I mean, Braden Smith isn't on IR. Like you, you don't feel like it's going to be too too long with Braden Smith. Um, your offensive line usually is the strength of this team, so that gives you hope. Certainly. But if it doesn't improve, I mean, the, the consistency of, of this offense is just very, very difficult to see. And I guess going back to that, you know, um, stuff situation on the goal line, the 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 first one, Chris, I don't look at the Rams D line as a bunch of freaking 330 hog mollies in the middle that you just can't, you know, Haloti Nada and his children in there. No, no, no. Like, I mean, Aaron Donald's, whatever, 285. Like, we don't look at him as, like, fierce run stuff for Aaron Donald. Like, that's not him. Yeah. And yet, couldn't get one yard? It's, one yard? People yesterday were like, I didn't realize Floyd was so slender. Like, And just Floyd is untouched in like two of those situations. Yeah. Coming off the edge. And man, you'll stick it in Taylor's belly and boot it with Wentz. Something. I just, yeah, it was um, shit, man. <laughs> it was, oh boy. O-line's got to be better. Well, hopefully they're not nagging injuries across the O-line for the duration of the season because we don't get a bye till week 14, which... <laughs> Right. I'm right. sure some of those guys are looking forward to that uh, down the road. Talk about winning in the trenches with the defensive line. Their defensive line, as you just mentioned, played very well yesterday. You don't feel like ours did. I thought the advantage the Colts had coming into Sunday was their D-line versus the Rams O-line. I thought that was a definite advantage. Um, Daryl Henderson, Sonny Michelle, over four yards per carry. I thought the back-breaking drive, Sonny mm-hmm. Michelle just... Boom, boom, boom. He had like four runs for like 30, I don't know, 32, 33 in that, in that midst. And then um, the pass rush. You know, Stafford could have worn a red jersey for about the first quarter and a half of that game. He got into a rhythm. Never really touched him. Uh, three QB hits. Uh, I tweeted out this stat earlier today. Pay, Kamoko Tsuri, Taekwon Lewis, Ben Banigou. Four guys. First round pick. Three second round picks. 88 snaps. For those four combined, mm-hmm. zero sacks, zero QB hits. You got to touch the guy, at least touch the guy. I believe going back to week one, just one QB hit out of that quartet as well. Um, obviously, you know, Quiddy didn't didn't play in, in that week. Or excuse me, uh, Kamoko didn't play in that week one game. But you got to have more out of the edge group. Gotta have more. This is not some just studly offensive line for the Rams. Stafford, he held on to it longer than he usually does. There yesterday. was somewhere I was surprised he didn't run because right. there was no one in the middle of the right. field. I'm and, like, and if- a couple of those QB hits were, were some of those where it's like Stafford, go ahead and run. And Buckner kind of hit him from behind one time. And yeah, it was um just you have to create more with that front four. It's you talk about investing a lot in your in your O line. You've invested a lot in the D line. I mean, think about that. I just rattled off four guys. You've spent 
top two round picks on and think about how much you've invested into Buckner. I mean, that's a huge amount. Grover Stewart, yep. big investment as well. Now, you know, Buckner and Stewart are obviously very good football players, but right now, for a team built through the trenches, your trenches have failed you. And just overall, you failed Carson Wentz. Like when you when you think about it, you have certainly failed him through two weeks in that you promised him support. You promised him better O-line play. You promised him better coaching. You promised him continuity at the skill positions and a run game that would take more off your plate. Pick any of those four. Mm-hmm. Not one of them. Not one of them has supported Carson Wentz. And that's damning right now when you're two weeks into it and your quarterback has played that well, and now he's on the shelf. And we'll see how long he's out there. So, um, yeah, I just thought, I thought your D-line, man. There was one time, it was a third and ten. You brought the house, you brought seven. I think Cooper Cup over the middle. I mean, Cooper Cup's still running in the middle of the field right now or held somewhere on the field. You know, he's he's a streaker (laughs) to chase after him. Um, I heard Donald and Cup more from Jansen yesterday than yeah any other name it's um i will note that i the the kari willis interception came with the force buckner off the field and remember last year i don't think he had one turnover with buckner off the field i thought stallworth and 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 lewis did have i think an early pressure there that forced the um i don't know the ball almost looked like it slipped out of stafford's hands there but um not enough not enough at all from your trench play Uh, biggest drive of the game you know, Sonny Michelle runs it at you. Biggest drive of the game when you take the lead. Four plays, 70-some yards, so quick. Cup down the sideline. You know, Cup beats Rock on the touchdown or carry whoever it was. I think it was Rock. Um, yeah, just uh, your how you want your football team to be built is failing you. Yeah. And quickly, like you said, running it at you, he was running it at them. It wasn't like he was bouncing. He was going through the A or B gap every single time. Yep. Like, okay, here we go. All right, well, let's stop being pessimists. We know that we lost. Let's go to things that we did like because there were some glimpses. Obviously, Wentz toughness, as you mentioned. Hopefully, the ankle injury come back not as uh, bad as some people might think they will be. Carson still played fairly well. Yeah, agreed. Um, again, we talked about the interception, but extending plays, hanging in their pocket, delivering some some balls, you know, down the field to Pittman. I thought the third and goal throw to Pascal. If you just watch that sequence, Chris, the third and goal touchdown to Pascal. First down he should have been sacked. Second down he should have been sacked. He's Houdini like he somehow escapes. I thought Greg Dole had a great line in the paper. It's like sometimes it's kind of like poof. Carson was just appeared. Like I could have sworn he was you know sacked on that play and then yeah. boom, that here's 65240 and He's stumbling and moving out of the pocket, and he's still got the ball. Um, the ball to Pascal again, I, I thought was really good. And, you know, he, he scrambled to keep plays alive and scrambled for runs, you know, for actual gains. You know, without him, boy, that rushing average would have looked even worse. So, um, kudos to Carson Wentz. He has played much better football than I thought he would play these first two weeks of the season. Um, I don't remember too many throws that I'm like, that ball should be picked off, or that ball, you know, was a horrible decision. He was lucky it wasn't picked off. Like, I I, I don't remember too many of those. It's just a few more big plays this week. You know, his yards per attempt, was that yep. a much better number? Um, I get it. It is It's a tough balance. One of my buddies who I, I think is usually a really even keel fan texts me after the game and was like, feel free to, like, call me out. But, like, I just feel like Wentz – opens himself up to some of these hits and I go yes but like this is what you signed up for 
you wanted to get a higher ceiling at quarterback. And with that, that means a guy that's going to hold on to it a little bit longer and going to try to make the big play. And ultimately, I think that's what you need to get all the way there. I mean, you see Mahomes and Jackson last night. that They take some hits. But shit, I mean, it's 36-35 or whatever that final score was for a reason because those guys just make plays. Um, you knew what you were getting with Carson Wentz, and you cannot coach all of that out of him because if you try to make him into Phillip Rivers and confine him to a pocket and be quick rhythm, that's not his strength. Like, he's not yeah. good at that. So uh, that would be a hindrance to him. It, yeah, there's a little balance to it, but even if you watch that opening drive, yeah, I mean, it was there was some quicker stuff, but it's still taking a few chances down the field and trying to hit on some, some you know, bigger chunks and whatnot there. So, um, whether it takes max protect or what, or getting him outside of the pocket, you know, I don't think we've seen a lot of just like true rollouts. Let him get on the perimeter and make a play. Um, this is what you got right now at the quarterback spot. So, um, I did want to note in here that you know I, I thought Carson Wentz played played fairly well. And he's not sliding. No. He goes head first he a lot. He is a head first guy. Yeah, he goes head first a lot there, which I guess you are giving up yourself when you do that as well. But, man, he had a nice scramble there uh, on the near sideline for that first down. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he had to have gone out of balance. And, nope. Thought you the know, same move, thing. Move the chains there. It's just um, I am uh, I, I, I hat tip to Carson Wentz for his toughness. It's, it's pretty impressive to watch him continue to get up hit after hit. And, um you're going to have to live with some of it like that if you want him to play to his strength and want him to give you the big plays you're going to have to live with some of these shots that he's taken love that Pascal made that touchdown catch after the I mean I can't stand these taunting calls this year the taunting calls oh they're horrible I mean yeah all he did was point over the guy's helmet yeah they're was like, it was this guy he was the one who hit the official yep targeting targeting's awful in in college football it's an awful rule um and taunting is equally as horrific. One of the really good things that we're going to mention now, Kevin, talking about Carson Wentz and one of the reasons he played so well yesterday, Pittman looked like a wide receiver one. Like, yeah. Th- yeah. There were some, and that, especially that first deep ball because right. Pittman had his arm grabbed, came back to it. It was a little underthrown. Michael Pittman, and Michael Pittman had some fire, and I don't know if it's because Jalen Ramsey just does that to people. But Pittman just had some zest yesterday that yeah. I loved. I mean, you know what we always say about Pittman. There's no USC pretty boy in him when he gets on the field. I mean, it is. He's ready to go. And um, that 42-yarder, what he did a great job of is spotting that ball early. It's almost like a great punt return of just seeing it great. Uh, because Carson was under duress. Donald, I think, hit him on that play as well. And great job by Carson to hang in there and take that hit. And then Michael Pittman just high points it and, and finds it. And like you said, he's kind of getting held a little bit. And, you know, that's just kind of a play that typically refs let go because it's outside of the pocket and, you know, guys are kind of hand fighting and whatnot. And Michael Pittman held his own and stayed concentrated and made that play. Um, I still want to see just some schemed up stuff where he is in a bit more of an open field because mm-hmm. I think it's tough to tackle him in the open field. And then I, I, boy, I'd have to look it up. I'd love to know how many times Michael Pittman's been targeted in the red zone in his life. <laughs> I mean, it feels like he's just not, yeah, just not targeted right. at all. You know how much of that is on him? How much of that is again? It's just, you know, just kind of give the guy a chance or two. I can find some USC tape where he definitely made some plays in the red zone and goal line and that stuff. So you like like to see more of that. But you know, with Paris Campbell hurt, he needs someone to step up in that wideout group. 
Pascal continues to be kind of steady Eddie in the red zone. Uh, but Michael Pittman, you know, eight for one twenty something. I know he had a drop with Easton there late in the game, but um, no matter who's under center, I mean, whether it's Carson or Easton, Michael Pittman's had a long, uh, not long, but a um, probably the most history with either of those two QBs this offseason. You know, he worked out a lot with Carson, him and Jacob Easton as well. Um, so he will continue to be critical, critical. And you're looking for individual skill talent to emerge. Pittman did that yesterday. Now it, now I think he's just kind of stringing it together. Yeah. Moving forward. Yeah, and better play overall. And you just mentioned Steady Eddie. Special teams. I mean, week in and week out, our special teams continues to produce. Yeah, I mean, Rogers starts the game with a great return. Uh, obviously, the whole, you know, fumble thing was just, God, it looked like a just <laughs> – something UConn football would do. I, oh, I, I, Lord. I don't even know what happened there by the Rams. Doolin was on it. Not, uh, nice work there. Um, but Hot Rod, very nice start. And George Odom continues to make plays, you know, from a tackling standpoint. Um, so, yeah, the old faithful special teams continues to be there. Anything else overall that you want to mention? Yeah, you know, I talked about it a little bit briefly earlier. I just think it's inexcusable for Naeem Hines to touch the ball two times. Both. Um, at at the end of the first half, you know, Marlon Mack gets what five carries for sixteen yards, and Naeem Hines touches it twice. Yeah, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I mean, hell, just frankly, based off how much money he makes, he should touch the ball more. Um, but seriously, it's a team that struggles to have individual playmakers. He is one of them. He is a guy that teams, I think, specifically have a game plan for in the sense of like, oh, twenty ones on the field, guys, really versatile. He'll split out wide. He'll catch balls out of the backfield. He'll run it in between the tackles. Like, there is a bit of a scouting report on Naeem Hines. Um, the fact that the Colts don't give him the ball consistently is just, hell, it's maddening. Any quick thoughts about their uses with Mac? Or... Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I, I'm on the, the standpoint where I'm not taking away Taylor and Hines' touches. You know, mm-hmm. Mac. Again, what I think five for sixteen. I mean, it's I, I didn't think the blocking was great. One of his best runs, he kind of bounces to the out when there's nothing there. So, I mean, yeah, it's you know I almost feel about Marlon Mack like I feel about Michael Penix right now. It's like, you know, we all want Hollywood. We all we we all want mm-hmm. you know the great storyline and this and that. And frankly, sports don't call for that. Reggie Wayne tore his ACL, folks, and looked like me out there for the final handful of games. It just. It's just not the reality of where we live in right now. So I would continue to use Taylor and Hines. All right. Well, let's jump to Twitter questions, Kev, because we got a lot, a lot of good ones. Unless you have anything else to add? No, 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 no. First one comes from Los Angeles, actually. West Coast Colts fan, Daniel, writing to us, who appreciates the podcast every week and the consistency that you produce. Love it. Thank you, Daniel. His question is, uh, basically with the Colts' struggles the first two weeks, which player is going to be the biggest difference coming back from injury? He's torn between Xavier Rhodes and Braden Smith, especially with Carson Wentz facing the ridiculous pressure that he's had every down, but also the secondary continues to get torched multiple times a game. Yeah, you know, I think it's Braden Smith. You know, so many one-on-one breakdowns across that O-line, and it just seems like the Colts are really stubborn to help. So, you know, if you're going to help, he's got to get back there. Secondary-wise, boy, teams are really scheming up the Colts well. I feel like back there, like, who can we get on Kari Wills? That seems to be kind of the popular thing right now. I don't know how much Xavier Rhodes is necessarily curing that. Of course, you know, when you show me Julio Jones and A.J. Brown 
next week. And, yeah, I guess you take a little bit of break from the receiver gauntlet, but you still got some really good ones in November and then in December as well. Um, I think it's – I I think it's Braden Smith, but I, I don't want to act like I'm, like, overlooking what Xavier Rhodes means to this team either. Yeah. Jay wants to know, why is our best defense on many passing downs praying that the opposing quarterback misses a throw? When do we change our defensive scheme up front or are the front four aren't getting consistent pass rush? I mean, Jay, the, the, the I don't see the blitz getting home. You know, when when have Darius Leonard or Kenny Moore been at the you know, doorstep of a sack so far through two games? You know, there's been a couple times you've brought seven against Wilson, against Stafford, and they've made you pay with that. And like we talked about earlier, the front four is an issue right now in providing consistent pressure. I mean, <laughs> three quarterback hits against Matthew Stafford is is unacceptable when Stafford held on to it a good amount yesterday. Um, that is a definite, definite issue. So um, the sack number is a little skewy right now because, you know, you had some sacks against the Seahawks where it's just kind of Wilson giving himself up on a few of those plays. But, um, boy, you just you got to be better with your rush lanes when you are rushing from a blitzing standpoint. And when you bring seven, that's got to get home. That has got to get home. Yeah. When you bring seven, it's a good play for the defense or a good play for the offense. And far too often, it's been a great play, frankly, for the offense. Kevin, Matt's question refers kind of back to what you were talking about earlier in return or in, in regards to draft capital and second-round picks. He he understands this is not Dio Dangbo's fault, and he hopes that he comes in and does prove him wrong and does well. But he feels like Chris Ballard maybe have maybe struck out by not addressing the offensive line or the secondary, especially looking at the first two games. Yeah, Matt. I mean, I, I certainly hear you out. Um, I'm not a big red shirt guy with with draft picks either. Um, I will point more towards past off season opportunities when you're referencing this. Um, I walked away from March, and I thought the two. Outside of the proven pass rusher, and I was very big on that. You'll find that proven pass mm-hmm. rusher, and you know where did we have Danico Autry slotted in our green, yellow, red? We had him in the green. Yep. Did you watch Danico Autry yesterday against Russell Wilson? There's a reason we had him in the green. Um, I thought wide out and corner, not at the top flight. You know, kind of the mid level, um, like you know Pascalish type of thing. Yeah. Where it's just a, a, a reliable, somewhat proven commodity to help out both those position units. Um, and then, you know, when you talk about past drafts, I mean, obviously that 2019 draft right now is starting to trend towards more of a bit of a sore, sore eye. I, you know, for those that watch Thursday night football and Montez sweat was red flagged by the Colts due to heart condition. Uh, he's three years in the league. He hasn't missed a game. And what do you have? Nine sacks, seven sacks. I think his first two seasons, he's got two through two games this year. It's just, and you trade back, and you take Rock with that first pick there, and then you take Banagoo, and Marvell mm-hmm. Tell's now, you know, not on your team, and Campbell again is hurt, and um, you know I'd have to look closer to that 2019 draft, but it, it just hasn't been, you know, what you thought it would be. So, um, yeah, Matt, it, yeah, you could point directly towards Dio Dangbo, but like I, I think it's a little bigger picture than just being narrow-minded into that, you know, redshirt pick here in round two. I mean, hell, right now. And again, we're, we're we're two games into it, but like I didn't expect Kylan Granson to play twelve snaps in two games combined, and I don't think he has a target. You're right. You know, I, I'd like to see a little bit I would more too. as well. I mean, he, he got in there those few times on the goal line on Sunday, and I'm thinking, oh wow, one of these got to be a play action, and Granson sneaks out there. Yeah. No. Well, there's a former Colt quarterback who actually 
played yesterday. And Ross wants to know how much it would take to get him back on the team. That's Jacoby Brissett. Oh, boy, Ross. <laughs> Shit, didn't the Dolphins get shut out? I believe so. Yeah, I saw Jacoby yeah, had some comments after the game. You know, I'm a starter. I'm, I'm, I'm like, all right, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, see what you have in Easton. Here we go. Hey, Jacoby Brissett, two weeks. Yeah. Good Colts, right? I mean, two of ribs. Was that right? Yeah. Is that what I saw? And you never know. I mean, he might be in there when yeah. he comes back to play the Colts. Yeah. Or when we go down the play. I don't want to see any veteran quarterback trade. Nope. Nope, no. nope, nope. Roll with Eason. See what you got. And as Carson Wentz said after the game yesterday, pray. Dude, watching Carson Wentz kneel down to pray yesterday after the game. Just painful. I'm like, Carson, I, you know, I'm not going to act like I'm some religious buff by any imagination, but I think you can stand up and, and, and your higher being would understand. You're like I don't think you got to go full knee, you know, yeah. knee on the ground for us here. I think you're, I think you're good. I think the genuflection of you standing up. I think, you know, whoever your Lord and Savior is would would understand. Yeah, it's funny. My mom's favorite parts of the game were the national anthem. Oh, which tremendous. was awesome. Tremendous. Yeah. And then, oh, look at the they pray. That's so great. Yep. Yeah, a little <laughs> midfield pray. Yeah, big cues out there. I forget. I think I think uh, Easton was out there because they walked off the field together. Easton and Wentz, and I'm like, dude, Carson, don't need to be a hero. Like, <laughs> right. just stand, you know, stand up, man, stand up. You can pray the rosary when you get home. Yeah, just bow the head. Yeah, bow the head. From Jake, if Carson Wentz does miss a game or two, do you hold him out to hit that 75% threshold in regards to the Philly trade stipulations? Yep, yep. Um, no, they they will not do this. Um, no, they. I mean, the Colts are salvaging the. I mean, they will do anything they can to salvage the season and to try and win games. So. Um, no, but I mean, I, it's a good point Jake brings up. Like now, this is kind of something we need to monitor a little bit here, moving forward. Um, you know, what is it about four ish games, five games? Carson Wentz would have to miss. Yeah, you know, if you go off every game is the same exact offensive snap count. So, no, in no way do I see the Colts resorting to that. It, it'd be such peak white flag, and I just don't see this franchise doing that. Mm-hmm. It's always fun getting a question from the powers that be because I have to make sure that the way that I'm phrasing it doesn't necessarily mean the powers that be when it comes to Jim Irsay or Chris Ballard. But he wants to know he's losing patience with Frank Reich. Him going for it in situations is beyond perplexing. Do you think that extension keeps him from being on the hot seat because he freaking needs to be, in his opinion? I'm beyond pissed. Who goes for it on their first possession? What kind of shit is that? Boy, that's aggressive. Um... Again, I was fine with them going for it. I just thought the execution was horrific, uh, and, and the play calling as well. Um, he will not be on the hot seat. You know, I think I know pretty well how Jim Mercy's operating. He's not um, the seat warmer analogy, folks. That's what we keep on going back to. It's on the seat warmer's on. You know, some of these mornings lately, Chris coming in the studio. I'm, I I might have grown up in Carmel, but I'm not. I'm not Carmel soft. You know, I, I, you know, I, 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 try, I lived in the varsity villas for a year down in Bloomington. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I've, I've thought about turning on the seat warmer, but I've not, not resorted to it just yet. It's got to be on. And the extension, I don't know how much we talked about the extension, Chris, when it happened for him and Chris Bauer, but like, it's Jim Mercy doing what Jim Mercy wants to do. It's his own money. Um, should Frank Reich and Chris Bauer have been extended? Hell no. Their resumes, people would laugh at that to extend them through 2026. Like, it's like, can you imagine being in your respective work division and people with the resumes of Frank Reich and Chris Bauer being extended, whereas, you know, 
I don't know every GM and every head coach that are extended in the league, but there are much more accomplished GMs and head coaches in the league that are not getting extensions to the 2026 season. Um, but what I try to say at the time of that is you've given the, these extensions to them. The accountability cannot change. You can't just kick up, kick up your feet and say, all right, don't need to worry about these guys for at least a couple more years. No, no, no. You have to critically evaluate. Have to. Next one comes from David. He understands Wentz's ability to extend plays with his feet, but do you feel like he's kind of like luck and lack of the progression until he gets with Frank Reich? He references a time back on Miked Up where Frank Reich told Andrew Luck, hey, it was smart not to take the shot there against the Bills. But is Wentz right now just trying to put too much of the team on his back, or is there something else the issue? Well, no, I, I don't think you're supporting him enough. You know, it's just... Again, the, the, the quick rhythm game is not Carson Wentz's strength. You have to play to his strengths. Um, and, yeah, I've, frankly, I just don't think that they've done enough. The run game has not been there um, to that point. The offensive line has not been there. You have not controlled the line of scrimmage at all. And I, I also think there's some downfield stuff. I, I don't think the receivers have maybe gotten you, you know, what you need either down the field as well. We've already mentioned it a couple times, leaving points on the field or going for it. You were, you were pro – Colts Maniac wants to know how does Frank Reich start to go for more of those taking the points rather than going for it on fourth down? Or is that just that's just how he's set in his ways? Yeah, I mean, I I think your opponent dictates a lot. Uh-huh. You know, again, I think we've talked about, like, what the card looks like, you know, the, the, the green, green, green go card versus yellow and red and that stuff, and your opponent plays into that. Um, I mean, were that many people screaming for a field goal there? I think for me, I, I figured if you can't get a yard, yeah. I mean, I know obviously on, hindsight like, is twenty twenty, and like it's almost like I like what you said earlier though. In the moment, like that's really good. I need to start doing that. You can always look back and say, well, we should have taken the points. But in the moment, if your first thought is, hey, we got the momentum and let's go for it, and it's different when you're watching on TV than when you're on the field and you know the players. Yeah, I almost feel like, Chris, like when fourth downs arise or goal-to-go situations arise, the NFL should just pause the game and say, all right, 30 seconds, everybody write down, do you want the Colts to go for it or not? <laughs> and whichever decision you go with, you have to stick with that. And so if the Colts get it, you like you have to, you can't watch the rest of the game if you <laughs> if you like disagreed with it. Or I, I mean, something like, it almost seems like we need to hold people accountable. And like part of that is just, you know, in, in general – um, we don't make the millions of dollars that Frank Reich and you know coaches make around the league, so it's much easier to hold them accountable for those sorts of situations. But I don't know; it just didn't seem like the clamoring was there of like "must kick the field goal right here, right now." Cue up the Quentin Nelson quote: "Unacceptable." A lot of syllables in that word for. Uh, um, is it syllables? Yeah, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of syllables in that word. And Lucas Oil again was rocking. It was rocking. After that, uh, after the punt, it was really, really rocking. And then, God, Cooper Cup, man. We got some Peyton out of Quentin Nelson a couple times was looking at the crowd. Hey, we got to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I understand we're we're amped up, but we got to hear hear the snap count here. This isn't Derek Carr in Vegas. (laughs) Right. From Josh, our secondary is holding us back. It's not the top of the mind because it's stagnant for so long because the offense is more interesting, and that's what we all talk about. The offensive line will be better when healthy. Wentz is fine. We have pieces in place, uh, place in the front seven. There's no need to, or there is no fix on our back line. Rest in, or 
rip me on the pod if I'm wrong here. Yeah, um, you know, Josh, I, I, I hear you out, and I would say the first thing I noticed in going back and watching some of these games, Chris, is I'm seeing a lot of uh, hands up in the air after plays. Like, wait, 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 I thought you – where were you, man? Like, wait, how did that guy get that – way, way too much of that for a defense that is not some, like, you know, cover one this snap, cover two this snap, cover four here, like disguise – I'm just like, what in the world is going on there? Um, but Josh, I'll also put a lot in the pass rush. Like that is where you have so much invested and have put all this into it, and you've got this, you know, freakish talent at defensive tackle who commands or should command a lot of attention, and the inability to play off him is a big, big uh, problem right now for this defense as well. So, um, and I. I don't know, man. Does Kari Willis look hurt? I just, you know, it just mm-hmm. doesn't seem like you've – I know Kari in coverage is not considered a strength, but that's been an issue for sure. Well, Kevin, stay there with the, the defense because we talked about trenches earlier. Jeremy wants to know, is the offensive lack of protection or the defensive line the bigger issue right now? Um, Offensive line because your quarterback's hurt. Yeah, I mean – the inability to, to protect has now injured your quarterback. Um, you know, both are major reasons to, you know, be disappointed. We talked about it earlier. I mean, you're sitting here at 0-2, and I wouldn't put Carson Wentz or Rocky Yassine on the top 10 reasons why you're 0-2. You can look at it one of two ways. That's really encouraging or it's really scary, mm-hmm. you know, because who says Carson Wentz and Rocky Yassine are going to continue to play well, and that might be unfair to group both those two together, but – yeah, I, I would say O-line, but obviously I, I'd put the D-line. Uh, there's just a lot, lot, Well, and to me, uh, you know, Jeremy, it's not just the pass rush. Again, you haven't stopped the run either, and that's what this defense has been known for more than anything under Matt Eberflus has been stopping the run. That hasn't been there yet. CMC really likes that Zach Paschal showed up, but other than him, he doesn't feel like anyone else has. So is Carson Wentz, is it safe to say that he's the best player on the Colts right now? Oh, Wow. Um, like, are we getting a two-week MVP right now? Is, is that yeah, what we're let's doing? go for it. Okay. Um, two-week MVP on Kevin's <laughs> corner. Here we go. Um, he says Wentz. He feels like Wentz. Or he, he's asking yes. Wentz. Okay. Um, you know who I'm going with? Mr. Blankenship. Wow. Made kicks, a couple long ones, right? Weren't both, 48 and 46 I was say, both to start. Past 45. Yeah. Uh, Gen Con this weekend. I don't know if Hot Rod, you know, <laughs> celebrated with some people, but sir, I mean, let's go. Hot Rod. Uh, wow. That's a great question. I, Pascal, you know, he would be on a ballot. Certainly Wentz would be definitely on the ballot. Yeah, oh, man. Gosh, I don't, I mean, I guess maybe throw Buckner or Stewart on there. Yeah, I got, no, I, Ashton Doolin, George Odom. I don't, yeah, I, Man, that's a um, – jeez, that's that's not a great ballot. You and know? I think that's the point. Right. When you're naming you know? some of those guys, no offense to them, when you're right. naming special teamers. As... Yeah, it's the valedictorian of the 22-person high school, you know. It's nice, but a little bit different than the valedictorian at, you know, Warren Central or Carmel or right. somewhere. All right, David has a question. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but he wants to know with the shovel pass interception, was that on Wentz or Doyle? You felt like the Rams just kind of knew what was coming. Sniff, 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 sniffed it out. Uh, Wentz never really looked to me, so I'd put more on Wentz. Great play by Donald. Great play by the Rams. Flat out. Great, great play, but, like, 
if I'm throwing a shovel pass in trap, I feel like quarterbacks have gotten – they think that they can just throw the shovel pass and get away with it because it's not a run. So they just flip it, and they're like, oh, it falls to the ground, we're fine. Yeah. You know, they don't expect the defense to make the play there. I felt like that's what kind of happened almost there with Wentz. All right, we got a question on a scale of 1 to 10 from Josh. Okay. He like wants these. to know Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson. He feels like their injuries might be nagging them for the rest of the season. Wants to take care of their ankles and other procedures. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your level of concern. 1 being you're chilling with no worries. 10 being the pants are soaked. Got to change the underwear. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's jeez, Josh. That's a, just check my pants and make sure I was, I was good down there. Um <laughs> I mean, these are nagging, Chris. These are nagging injuries. Uh, I, I don't – I mean, you talked about it earlier. The bye week's not until December. The mini-bye isn't until early November. I, I mean, Quinn Nelson's had three surgeries in nine months. Mm-hmm. You know, Darius Leonard had a surgery back in June. That's not that long ago. I mean, it's I, five-ish. Like, not even at the end of September, and we're seeing them miss multiple practice days during a week. Like, man, it's uh, – you know, it's the age-old question. I'm looking at that Rams injury report this week, and I'm like, what? On um, Thursday, 52 guys are practicing full. All 53 are practicing? Yeah. I'm like, the Colts have six of their top 12 or 14 guys out. It's just – I. If there's one thing I apologize now, 300-some podcasts into this Kevin's Corner, I wish I had a better answer on where blame should be placed for the Colts' constant injuries. I wish I did. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry it's continuing to be a question because I hate injuries more than anything in, in sports, and I'm sorry that I don't have a better answer for you. I've heard in uh, certain cultures or different teams, veterans, depending on what team they're with, they get, like, Veterans Day off or, like, a, a Thursday. Does the Col- are, the, are the Colts like that? or do? Yeah, I mean, Jack Doyle hasn't practiced on these first two Thursdays of the year due to rest. I mean, yeah, there are some players. I don't think Donald practiced last Wednesday. But, I mean, I, I look at this injury report, and I make sure that I'm separating the rest guys from the – yeah. Injured guys. And again, the Rams, even with the veteran rest days, they literally had all 53 guys practice. Yeah. And and the one guy was limited ended up playing. He was the dude that I thought grabbed Wentz's face mask. Oh, yeah. Fox never gave us a great, great replay of that, but that's what it looked like. Question comes from Tanner. Tanner hasn't listened to the podcast lately. Come on, Tanner. Tanner. Throw it on. Do you think, Nahe- what do you think about Naheem Hines getting more snaps at receiver? Feels like he's one of the best receivers on the team right now. Yeah, or just I mean, in general, really. Right, I was gonna say, hell, he could play, you know, punt protector. I, I mean, two touches, two. How many snaps? I mean, he had to play. I tweeted out the snaps earlier. Had to have played at least thirty something. Yeah, it's just two times. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Four more. Considering the this is from JD. Considering our talent on defense, can we start putting some of the blame on the scheme? Matt Eberflus hasn't impressed him much. And his scheme design does not live up to the big plays, and is pretty bad. Pretty bad about giving up those big plays, and also the little ones. Should the fans be pointing their finger at the defensive coordinator? You know, listeners of this podcast will always uh, know that I, I have not been a fan of this scheme. Um, I think it's so predicated on your personnel delivering, and now we're seeing some communication stuff. And you know, against above average quarterbacks, just haven't played that well. A ni- really nice stretch. What was it? Three straight three and outs there in mm-hmm. the third quarter. Um, it just seems like when they need it the most, it's not there. You know, the first drive of the second half. And this is a stupid thing, but I'm sitting there watching Peyton and Edge do the ring thing, yeah. and I'm like, oh, boy, all these fans are about ready to leave, and there's going to be no fans in the seats for that first drive of the third quarter. And, again, 
I agree with everyone out there that's saying these are professional athletes with or without a crowd. They show up and play. But, like, that possession to me was massive. Massive. And, like, I look down, it's like a 60% full. So I totally get it. If I'm a fan, too, I'm peeing, and I'm grabbing my beer after I listen to Edge and Peyton and thinking to myself, why can't Edge and Peyton talk more than God bless David Baker, the largest human in the world? Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, Jimmy, Coach Ursay. Coach Ursay is how we're going to refer to him moving forward. Okay. Uh, Coach Ursay. But, um, yeah, uh, not a fan of the scheme. And, and then, you know, you, you get the lead, Chris, four plays, 70 yards. You tie the game on a field goal, and boom, Michelle, Michelle, Michelle. There you go. They're yep. in field goal range, and boom, it's over. All right, three more. This one comes from David. Does it make sense to mention Carson Wentz as much as possible given the trade terms? We played him knowing the game was over, risking his health and potentially a first-round pick, depending on how the year goes. I also don't know if he's hurt. I also don't know if it hurts the team later on because it's kind of bad faith, but you can play the injury card. Look at Carson Wentz. You think that dude's going to sit? Nope. Look at him. I mean, dude's a tough mother effer. I mean, he is a t- I. Boy, um, no, David. I mean, does it make sense? You know, sure. If you all you care about is the future of the team, but it's just not how NFL teams operate. It, they just don't operate that way. And I also come back to this, David. Like, we just need to make sure at the end of the year that Carson Wentz is the guy. You know, if Carson Wentz has two more injuries or something like that, boy, I mean, this is a long injury history for a guy all of a sudden hitting hitting the age of thirty. So, yeah, I just no, it's not happening. I feel like I, I almost did, like, I almost tried to do a Joey Molinero, Nick Saban. Like, it's not happening, so quit asking. But I just, I, I, I knew that. We, we, we take all questions here, and I, I, I knew I wouldn't even sniff Joey's expertise there. Joey looked to have a fun weekend down about at LSU. That? that was awesome. Coach O. I think yeah. we're going to have him on the show uh, sometime this week. Sweet. Uh, this one comes from Cat. Let's say Wentz isn't able to finish the season. Colts end up with a top eight pick. Do the Colts draft a quarterback, or should they? Cat need a little bit more there. You know, how, how much is Wentz playing? How, how many games did he miss? Yes, he didn't finish the season, but how does he look in those games? Chris, I don't know. I, I'm watching some of these college quarterbacks. I'm kind of like, wait, what? Uh, uh, Rattler? What? You're right. Desmond but... Ritter? I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, maybe I'm the kid from Liberty. Like, I, I don't no, know. You're right. I got the mock in front of me, or one of them. Some people have Rattler not going until the twelfth pick. But who other quarterbacks am I missing? Am I... Sam Howell from oh, UNC. Like, if you wanted a quarterback last year, might have been the time. Like yeah. the the guys coming out, and again, this can all change. Shout out to Carl Loftus from Purdue. He's projected to go maybe top five. Jeez. off I'll the t- off the end. That dude's a stud, and obviously pure Homer bias. But the other stud in that field on on Saturday was a uh, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, yep, and he's all, up there too. Yep, all over it, man. Kyron Williams just run and possess. Yeah, I hope David Bell's not hurt. Me too. Too bad that Purdue's got big. He still games hung on to the ball. Yeah, that was absurd. how do you just hang on? I, I mean, whatever. That dude's a freak. All right, last question from JJ: Do the Colts show way too much confidence in their players? Meaning, Ballard won't get the unvaccinated player. Ballard won't get on the unvaccinated players because he trusts his guys. Says I'm not sure. But I don't think. But I don't think trust is trust is an effective virus fighter. Reich is also Reich almost always goes for it on fourth down. I'm guessing it's more to show confidence than because of the analytics. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Jeez, gosh, I, yeah, I, I I got nowhere. Do they do they trust their players too much? I I, I do think at times, um, more so with Frank. Um, you know, I think a big reason why the Colts did the hard knocks things is, is honestly to to cater to some of their players. 
You know, I think players like it. The players want to be in the spotlight. Players are pissed they're not elected to the Pro Bowl. You know, does this help them get more national attention? I think that's a big part of it. Um, sure, you know, Coach Ursay um, certainly had a big, <laughs> big, you know, part in this happening. But, you know, once you convince Chris and Frank a little bit, I do think they've always, you know, Kevin Pritchard does the same thing with the Pacers. They look at it as, all right, in a smaller market, you need to cater to players at all costs. I mean, I've certainly seen it firsthand. So, um, that's fine. I get it, you know. But, like, I've always said this about Frank. We're never going to hear him publicly attack is the right word, you know, publicly demean a player. Like, this is never going to be Frank's MO. That is perfectly fine. Do I wish it was more Bruce Arians, you know, fire and brimstone? Yes. But that's just me being selfish because I appreciate honesty and I appreciate unfilteredness. But when behind closed doors, the nice comments that you make that you not that you might not mean when that all of a sudden impacts your actions, that's when we have issues. That's when that stuff cannot continue. Um, and I felt like that happened with Adam Vinatieri. Like that's the stuff that just cannot happen. So, um, yeah, I don't think trust is an effective virus fighter. Oh boy, jeez, that could be. Uh, that's quite quite the one to end on, Chris Presley. I'm glad you didn't mention the hard knocks thing, though. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I guess we haven't talked about it. Um, inject all the behind-the-scenes footage into my veins. Inject it all. Like, I am such a fan of it. Um, we had Pete Ward, uh, COO of the Colts, mm-hmm. on the Fan Morning Show on Friday, so check that out if you missed it. We're actually going to have the Hard Knocks producer or director, one of the two. I should probably look that up That'll before be cool. we have him on tomorrow on the Fan Morning Show as well. Uh, the only kind of negative, the only kind of question I have is just like, don't tell me you're doing everything you can to uh, keep COVID out of your building. You know, I mean, you're bringing employees that aren't your employees into your building. So, like, don't sit here and be like, we're doing everything we can, blah, blah. No, no, you're not doing that. Um, so, yeah, that's talking out two sides of your mouth. But, again, I mean, I am all for behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't watch a lot of Hard Knocks. I, I heard the Cowboys series was kind of poor based off some people. I think so people like, just are tired. It's always it's always the Cowboys. Like, Cowboys, I think Ravens have had it twice. Gotcha. Some of it's just... I had a buddy of mine who was like, it's too liberal. They're talking too much about blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, geez. No, for me, I just don't want to hear Jerry Jones take over the mic all the time. <laughs> like, I love Jerry's voice. Um, Yeah, that's that, that's totally fair. But, no, I'm 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 excited for it, to be honest with you. Um, but I come at it from a different point of view. I don't think it's going to be some mega distraction. I really don't. You know, if you can't handle a couple cameras that are in corners of rooms. And you know, it's not like they're literally like, sitting there zooming in on Carson's notebook, breaking down the Rams' defense, you know. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts. If you missed it, check out that uh, podcast, Pete Ward Fan Morning Show. All right, Chris Presley, man, it's a big one. It's a big one. It is. It's a big one. Sunday, 1 o'clock, Colts have dominated, dominated in Nashville over the years. Um, What a big win for the Titans. We'll see where they're at. They've done a great job responding under Mike Vrabel. You know, now is the time. Do they kind of let up a little bit? And AJ Brown had a big couple big drops. They got some injuries on defense as well. And obviously the elf in the room comes Carson Wentz. And I guess both of his injured ankles. Saw Ian Rappaport. <laughs> I mentioned that earlier today. So as Chris said, 1075 the fan, your latest. My reaction each and every morning, seven to ten AM here on the morning show. He's Chris Presley. I'm Kevin Bowen. Everybody have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week on Kevin's Corner.
This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.